0: Let's get to our guest now. Mark Matthews is Head of Asia Research at Julius Baer, also in Singapore, joining us this morning. So we are looking ahead to the FOMC decision Wednesday and we have seen bonds drop ahead of that. Is that a warning that perhaps 75 basis point hike is not fully priced in?
1: Oh, Juliet, I think that it will depend particularly on the uh, press uh, release and the Q&A that uh, Jerome Powell does after the meeting and the tone of, you know, how they see inflation um, and whether they're going to be data dependent. I think that even if they just say something like, we're more data dependent now, um, that will be enough for the market to expect a deceleration in the rate hike trajectory come December and beyond, because it's very clear if you look under the hood, even if the headline number is still stuck up at 8.2 percent, that inflation is coming down.
0: Inflation coming down and uh, potentially some of these recession warnings or worries waning somewhat. What's the likelihood that uh, we could see, I guess, a a shallower economic downturn in 2023?
1: Well, we're not forecasting enormous amount of growth uh, in America next year. I think uh, we're looking at maybe a half a percent, but that's not a recession. And wages are rising, especially for lower income uh, categories. Uh, companies are onshoring, um, and I think that trend will definitely continue. There's jobs being created in America today that literally haven't existed for the last three decades. So it's not, you know, um, computer programmers or baristas anymore. These are factory jobs. And the consumer is uh, remarkably robust. So um, there could be a recession. To your point, if there is, uh, we think it'll be shallow. And mm. the S&P down in excess of 20% so far this year already reflects that.
0: All right. What about the gains, though, that we've seen across October, an incredible month for U.S. stocks? Is this the start of a bear market rally? Or, or as you're putting it perhaps more, let's get excited as we head into December. It's a Santa Claus rally that we're seeing.
1: Yes, uh, it is the, the latter, Juliet, uh, in our opinion. And what we found is that, um, I'll, I'll have to be a little technical here, Friday the 21st, and then Monday the 24th 4th, and Tuesday the 25th, so last week basically, uh, there were three very strong consecutive days, up 2.5% and then one5 and one5 and respectively. That's only happened 12 times since 1970. And all 12 of those instances, 12 months later, the market was up on average by 24%. Uh, we don't think it'll be different this time uh, we think the bottom was three weeks ago, and um, this is no longer a bear market.
0: So, we're hearing uh, JP Morgan's Marco Kolonovich saying that the current global interest rate hiking cycle is nearing an end. We talked about the Fed. The Bank of Canada had a smaller rate hike last week. Do we see the RBA feed that narrative today as well?
1: Yes, we do, Juliet. And to quote Bob Dylan, you don't have to be a weatherman to know which way the wind is blowing. <laughs> in fact, it started with the RBA back in the beginning of October. They were the first of the big central banks to to become less um, uh, you know uh, hawkish and more dovish and and then we got the Bank of Canada and the Bank of England uh, will be this Thursday that's important and and the Europeans like to say that these they call them anglo-saxon central banks and they like to say they kind of act as a loose pack and I think they're actually right so if the RBA and the BOE and the BOC are all moving that way then I think it's a pretty pretty good guess that the Fed will do the same
0: When we look at uh, Asian equities, though, we were talking about that very solid rally that we saw in October from the U.S. The MSCI Asia Pacific Index, though, was down about 2%, and that was following that 12% drop in September. What happens, particularly amidst uh, dollar moves for Asian equities heading into the latter part of the year?
1: Um, Well, I think the dollar is peaking out, and it might not happen today or tomorrow, but I think over the next few months it will. And the main reason is that two-thirds of the dollar index is the euro, and their inflation is higher than the inflation rate in the United States. The eurozone inflation for uh, September came out last night at 10.7%. So uh, eventually the European Central Bank will have to raise rates at a faster trajectory than the Federal Reserve, because the Fed's done most of the heavy lifting this year. And therefore, we're looking for the euro to stabilize and and start rising uh, around January of next year. Um, And if that's the case, the dollar is going to stop going up. And and I think that would be uh, a tailwind for Asian markets if the dollar is no longer rising, because they're a very long inverse correlation, as I'm sure you well know, with Mm. the dollar.
0: Shocker of a Hong Kong GDP report and China's October PMI is broadly tumbling into contraction too. How much further of a weakness story is that when we're starting to see uh, more opening up across other Asian economies?
1: Well, I just saw yesterday that in Macau, they've gone into a kind of, uh, well, they have to get COVID tests for three days and one of the big casinos is locked down. So I don't see any obvious light at the end of the tunnel, which is too bad because all the great and the good of the financial industry are in Hong Kong this week, or at least most of them. And if it really is Hong Kong's coming out party, then it needs to do more than just host the CEOs. It needs to lift the mobility restrictions. But I think it's kind of caught in between a rock and a hard place, and so is is China, and so is Macau. So I don't really see uh, the light at the end of the tunnel as much as I'd like to. And um, in the absence of that, I think economic activity uh, will remain um, very low in China.
0: And let's talk about, uh, finally, the, the oil industry as well. We were talking earlier about President Biden saying he'll seek to impose higher taxes on oil companies that record wind profits without reinvesting in production. But oil has extended losses ahead of the Fed as well. And this is all about the global economic slowdown. Where, where does crude trade when you've got it around $86 a barrel currently?
1: Well, actually, that's exactly our forecast 12 months from now. We're looking for about $80 to $85 a barrel. And so, you know, you have all of the geopolitical tensions, I was eavesdropping on your conversations earlier about Ukraine, but at the same time you have a very big supply response from uh, many countries in the world, um, which are sort of marginal producers, because they're making good money at this price. And as much as OPEC says they're going to be cutting production starting uh, November, Um, which is this month, isn't it? In reality, uh, a lot of those OPEC countries are not uh, producing even close to their quotas now. So the Mm. actual production cut, we think will be more like a million dollars a day, which isn't very much.
0: All right, Mark, always a pleasure. Thank you. Mark Matthews, head of Asia research at Julius Baer on the line from Singapore. And yes, here in Asia, it is the 1st of November. This year is flying by. The countdown has begun
1: from May 14th to 16th